Vater. Haut. Break. Hot Patten Heart Break. Hot Patten Heart Break. Hot Patten Heart Break. 45 pounds hot pot. 45 pounds hot pot. Heart Break. Welcome back to the podcast. My name's Kevin, and this is Heartbreak and Hot Pot, How I Lost 45 Pounds in Six Months. We are at episode 18. Now, like I said, we're getting close to the end. But where we left off, I, I told the whole story of Luke, the guy who ripped me off, like seven grand. Small town, Faribault, trustworthy people. You know, Luke... It, it was funny, like, there was more to the story than what I told. He he actually had convinced himself that he was going to reopen my Faribault salon. He was going to bring in all the stylists. He was going to make this place work. He, he was insane. I, you know, I'd given him the, the contact for the landlord, and he, he kept texting me saying, you know, you told me the landlord would rent to me. And the landlord, she won't respond to me at all. So I called Carrie. I, I called her up and I said, hey, this guy says he's trying to contact you. And she said, How, I can't believe you put him in contact with me. I've spoken to the guy four times. He emails me constantly. He's a complete idiot. Why did you give him my contact information? I felt so bad. I, I, I had to apologize so much. Uh, I, I was like, you know, Carrie, I had no idea. I had no idea. You know, he stole from me. You know, I mean, just three weeks ago, she called me and said that he wouldn't leave her alone. You know, it's been ages. He, the guy's delusional. Anyway, that's enough of the Luke story. I, I know. It just blew my mind, you know, like, you think you can trust people, you think that the world works the way it should, and it doesn't. But sometimes it does. So the next section I want to talk about was some, some great friends, people who have supported me for a long time. You know, there's two people who stayed in touch with me through all of the problems I've had over the last eight years since since Dan passed away. Stu Campbell is a friend from Southern California, and we got together through other friends, and we just love mountain biking and sometimes fishing, you know, but mainly it was mountain biking. I mean, Stu, Stu lives up along the Angeles Crest Forest. He, he lives in some really cool mountains. You know, down in Orange County, where I lived, it was less mountains and more just great trails, just amazing trails. Like where I rode was where a lot of the professional mountain bike riders rode because it was just amazing, you know, and just available and year-round, you know, except when it was raining. So Stu and I had a, we always had a great time together. You know, it was usually very early in the morning. Yeah, one day we rode to the top of the San Juan Trail in the Cleveland National Forest. It's just inland from San Juan Capistrano and Dana Point, if you know the area. It's it's just a beautiful trail. And you get to the top and you can see the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. 
you know, you work your butt off to get up there, but oh my God, is it worth it? We'd ridden to the top. We got there just after sunrise on this one day. We had a little toke up there. Then, then we were getting ready for the, the downhill, which is, you know, a blast. The whole thing is downhill, like miles and miles of downhill. At that point, this big, I mean, not big, this tall, athletic guy, rider, fully done up in Lycra. I mean, just just everything just spoke racer, you know, like this guy was intense. Like I said, Southern California is filled with these people. You know, so both Stu and I said, you know, hey, good morning. We were met with silence. Just, just the guy rode right by us. Like he didn't even look at us. So we rode a little further. Then Stu just let loose a, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, Stu felt the same way I did about people who can't find the time to just pass a little friendly humanity along, you know, to say hello. We were at the top of a trail that took real effort to get get to the top of, you know, a lot of time to climb it. It was a stunning morning. You know, we were probably the only people within eight miles of the spot where we were riding, and it was just silence. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, how, how can you just just ignore people when you... It, uh, I'll shut up about it. So Stu's a friend. He called me at least once a month you know, since Dan passed away just to check in. At one point, I met in Chicago see the greatest touring band ever, Ween. Ween's the greatest touring band ever. I don't care what you say. There's a blast hanging out with Stu, you know, through the show, before and after. We had a, we had a great time. Stu keeps me sane, you know, with just those short phone calls you know, even though he's in Southern California and I'm wherever I am, it it just helps. It really helps. And it's caring. It's so caring. You know, I love it. You know, speaking of Ween, just to go off topic for a second, you know, I raised my, my boys on Ween. They, from the earliest age, they listened to Ween. It, it just, you know, Ween's just a great band. The, the, it's mainly the songwriting, you know, what Aaron, what Aaron's able to, to pen, you know, it's, it's a, Ween is a Gene and Dean Ween. It's, it's two guys that grew up together, Aaron Freeman and Mickey Melchinato. And then just the rest of the band is astounding. So go see him if you can. Anyway, the reason I, I jumped off topic there was when Dan was in, God, I think it was third grade. They had a talent show. And most of the talent, you know, the, the, the kids all gathered together. They would do group dances or something, you know, um, you know, four or five kids. Dan decided he wanted to sing a Ween song. He wanted to sing what Diener was talking about. A, a great song, a really great song. And he did it. <laughs> I have video of it. You know, I'll put it up on, on the website, hotpotforlife.com. You know, it's an old, old VHS type video, but it's, it's so touching. And then I, I had a picture of Dan and I together many, many years later when he was about 15 and I took him to his first ween show. I took both of them, but Dan and I are standing together. Dan, we're both wearing ween shirts and 
both smiling and it was just an amazing show it was in anaheim and uh, we had a blast a bunch of us went you know a whole bunch of us and it was so good so anyway that was my ween story off on the side dan loved ween elliot still worships ween elliot has a a tattoo on his on his uh shoulder of the ween it's called the boognish it's a their symbol Anyway, get back to my story. So I was talking about my friends, and I talked about Stu and how much he supported me. Well, then there's Jeff. You know, I grew up with Jeff in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. You know, I think we were always friends. We ran track together. We played football together. We, you know, we rode, we rode mini bikes together. We organized neighborhood games like Jailbreak. You know, we we had all these kids that lived in this neighborhood all around us. Jeff's called me almost daily since the end of my business. You know, he also, he called me a lot after Lori kicked me out. He's been a big supporter. He came out once uh, to Lori's house and the three of us hung out. You know, so he, he knew our relationship and he knew what was going on. I think he was really worried that I was going to do something drastic, you know. I never would have thought growing up that Jeff would have this level of empathy, you know, this kindness, you know, we, we were just kids, guys, but I guess it's something he's always had. He, he lost a friend a few years ago to suicide and I think it really affected him. He, he was not about to let that happen again. You know, it's a funny, here's a funny Jeff story. We always played guitars, you know, acoustic guitars since we were probably, you know, after high school. Uh, you know, the whole, our whole group, we just had acoustic guitars and I played badly, but you know, I loved it. You know. So I had this inexpensive guitar, my first guitar that I played, you know, but I damaged it. I, I broke it up in a car accident. I had a few of those car accidents. I mean, not guitars. Then one of them just damaged my guitar. So Jeff was attending West Virginia university at the time. He was sitting in his kitchen doing doing some uh, homework one afternoon, and he saw a couple arguing right outside his place. The guy was holding this acoustic guitar. <laughs> they yelled at each other. He threw the guitar. After yelling at each other for a while, she went and got it, handed it back to him. They yelled some more. And then the guy threw the guitar again, you know, landed in the weeds right near the path they were walking on. <laughs> then they embraced then they, they hugged, and then they walked off hand in hand. And the guitar was just sitting in the weeds, you know. After waiting the appropriate amount of time, Jeff ran out and grabbed the guitar. He then delivered it to me the next time we were together. I mean, how's that for a friend? <laughs> I kept that guitar until I, I could afford my own. You know, when I was living in Atlanta, when I was working at Turtle Records, the old West Virginia guitar is its now in the collection of someone who worked with me at Turtle Records in Marietta, Georgia. So it's had quite the journey. It was a damn good guitar, but the action was a bit high. you know. But it was beautiful. It was a really cool-looking guitar. And it, it did its job for a while. You know, Jeff has a business in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Hey, he handles lawn care, snow removal. He really is pushing me to go live with him and and work in his business while I sort myself out. The longer I go without finding work here, 
the more attractive that option looks. So it came down to decision time. What, what was I going to do? You know, I had to leave Minnesota. It was driving me nuts. You know, as much as the dogs and I love the dog parks, I mean, we, we'd really become addicted to the dog parks every day at like noon, noonish area. I'd pack up work for a little bit. We'd get in the car. We'd drive to a dog park and we would run and run. I mean, they, they just loved it. We'd stay there for an hour to an hour and a half. Then we'd pack up and drive home and I'd get back to work. So there were two options about where I could go. There was my parents' home in South Carolina. You know, they really knew a lot of people in the area. And there were a few others. You know, I had relatives there. So I'd be able to network for a job. I mean, that that was a positive. Then there was Wyoming with Jeff. You know, that was a big unknown. I had no idea what that would turn into. So I made the decision to sell off most of my stuff and move in with my parents at the age of 57. Move in with my parents. I had this amazing couch that I'd bought, you know, off off a Facebook uh, marketplace. Just this amazing couch. It was my favorite couch ever. The dogs loved it. I had to sell that. I had to sell one of my two mountain bikes, and I had a full suspension ride that I got on my fortieth birth birthday. It's a, it's a beautiful Turner Five Spot. I mean, this thing was amazing. It was a tough decision. I mean, it was my family. You know, that, that bike was part of my family. But I couldn't take two bikes with me, you know. And I had my Moots hardtail. So that made more sense to keep, you know, because I wasn't going to be riding any, I wasn't going to be hitting any big jumps anywhere, you know. I wasn't going to be riding any any big trails. I sold my Thule hitch-mounted bike carrier, you know, because I was going to be pulling a trailer and I needed the hitch for, for that instead of the bikes. And that was a beautiful bike carrier. <laughs> I also didn't need to accommodate, you know, two two people's bikes anymore. I had I had that for Lori and I so we could carry our bikes. You know, who, who knows how Lori is moving her bike and her kayak around. I mean, who cares? But how's she doing it? How's she loading up a kayak on her roof? How, how's she moving her bike around? Anyway, like I said, who cares? It, you know, it's time for me to stop planning for a couple anymore. You know, it's time to go solo. I sold my kayak. I sold my stationary bike. I sold a bit of my office equipment. You know, I kept some. You know, I never knew what I was going to need it for, but every time I'd moved, I downsided a bit more. You know, a little bit sad, but it's also a little bit freeing. <laughs> you know, it was a it was depressing to me. You know, but I was I was lightening my load, so I decided to keep a few things that'd be important if I ever ended up living on my own again. I kept my bed frame, my mattress, kept my TV, kept my desk, the filing cabinets. You know, I can dream. I kept all of my framed Ween tour posters, my Andrew Wyeth prints. And just in case I ever had a place again, I kept my dresser. I discarded a whole bunch of cold weather clothing. <laughs> what do you need that for down south? I ended up taking quite a bit to the charity 
near me over the next few days. I rented a 6 foot by 12 foot U-Haul trailer to carry my life to its next destination. I also have my Thule cargo box you know, mounted to the roof. And I had a single roof mounted bike carrier to you know, carry my moots. A moots is a, a titanium bike. They're beautiful. I realized that if I ever did decide to go to Wyoming, I'd regret losing much of my cold weather gear, but whatever. You know, I, I kept my my superior winter coat and a pair of winterized boots, my sweaters. I just, I couldn't get rid of sweaters. I love them. You know, for some reason, I kept one pair of long underwear. You never know when. You know, I wore long underwear every day in the Minnesota winters. They're great. You know, so I went to Wyoming. I'd be buying more, I guess. I, I think you can tell I was still uncertain about where I was going to end up. Yeah. So, But I went to South Carolina, to Hilton Head Island, where my parents had retired. My brother is also living in my parents' home. We'd have the whole nuclear family together again. <laughs> the dogs and I took two days of travel from Minnesota to South Carolina. We stopped overnight in Kentucky. It was a good trip. You know, even with the weight of that incredible U-Haul trailer. You know, part of the reason I was heading to South Carolina was the remote hope that, you know, there was a job I'd found online. The town of Hilton Head was hiring a head of marketing. My dad introduced me to a very influential person on the island named Lindy. She's very active in the community, highly respected. You know, Lindy and I had spoke about my current situation. She felt that my resume was exemplary. She really liked it. That I'd be a great candidate for this position. So she put in a good word with the town manager. I also wrote to the town manager, you know, telling him my history, you know, my life on the island, my deep marketing experience. I had so much hope that all of a sudden with Lindy pulling for me, you know, the kind, responsive town manager who's in charge of the hiring... (laughs) But by the time I arrived on the island, the position had been filled. I was late to the party. I'm not saying I would have been the best candidate. It's just that I missed the boat, you know. So we settled into life with my family. And I I set up the room with my guitars, my computers. It's a comfortable room. So what's the routine now? Every day I wake up at about 6.30 a.m. First usable light here on the island. This is a really dark place. You know, very low ambient light beautiful the night stars you know to to see the sky but the dogs and i would go out for a short walk at 6 30 we used to do about a mile and a half when we were in minnesota now we're doing like half a mile harbor won't pass one of the lagoons (laughs) no idea why maybe gators but so i'm going to wrap up this episode episode 18 here If you have any questions for me, reach out to me at Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, at hotpotforlife.com. And the word for is spelled out F-O-R, not the the number. And uh, I really appreciate, you know, you're listening to me. I I feel like I'm connecting with people, you know, sitting here at this desk, it's, it's a... It feels special to me, so I appreciate it. You know, share share this story with a friend if if you can, and you know, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a great rest of your day or evening. Take care.
heartbreak and hot pot heart heart heartbreak don't you know you got heartbreak and hot pot put the hot pot heartbreak and put the heartbreak in the hot pot hot pot hot pot heart break